Welcome to episode 82 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. Stageworthy features conversations in Canadian theatre with artists of all stripes, from actor to director to playwright and more. If you'd like to drop me a line, I would love to hear from you. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at stageworthypodcast.com. My guest this week is Ardith Johnson, writer and director of Weirder Thou Art, opening this July as part of the 2017 edition of the Toronto Fringe Festival. The Toronto Fringe, the Fringe Tent, there's only one spot to go, and that's the Fringe Tent. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a place to promote yourself. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in, in Winnipeg, there's the King's Head, which is where... Yeah, we go to the go. pub, yeah. The, the patrons go to, they go to the, the beer tent, and the artists go to, go to the King's Head. <laughs> and in Edmonton... Everybody goes to Steel Wheels. Have you ever been to Edmonton? I did the Edmonton Fringe, but it was like... 20, uh, 21 years ago, maybe. So I'm trying to remember, but I, you know, so long ago. But we did have yeah. like a big party. And, yeah. You know, of course, I was much younger then, so we partied more. And, yeah. But now, like in Winnipeg, like I've been living a lot there as well. I'm yeah. from Winnipeg. Okay. And uh, there is a sense of like we all hang out together. It seems like the competition things sort of dissipates like there's like, yeah. I, mean, competi- I shouldn't say competition but in a sense of uh, we all kind of like we're all there and then we're not against each yeah. other we're for each other trying to support each other in a sense yeah the need to the need to sell the show sort of goes away when you aren't in the same place as your patrons yeah because yeah. uh, in Winnipeg and Edmonton the beer the beer tents are for the fringe patrons not for the artists well, well there's separate. Go. There is a uh, there is a beer area for the mm. patrons, yeah. and then there is an area right beside it for mm. the performers. Right. So, uh, and then but the performers seem to kind of hang, excuse me, hang out with each other. Mm. Like we kind of because we all kind of know we you know from yeah. the community. Anytime and, that you like, if you start in one spot, by the time you get to the next spot, it's like I know you, I know you. Yeah, you know your face. Yeah, I'm no. glad to see you. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it becomes sort of a more of a, a camaraderie thing. And yeah, one thing that I know that, and I've had this happen. Like I've done it. Um, you're trying to sell a show, on, you're showing to somebody, and they're like, "Well, I can't go mm-hmm. at this time." And they say, well, "When can you go?" Okay, let's see what's available. Yeah, yeah, oh, we do oh, that. Show, yeah, yeah, this show's good. You should see that. And you start like talking. Yeah, because we get the free comps, so <clears throat> you kind of try to plan out. Mm-hmm. Plan out who you want to see, and then of course, if you become friends with people, then you go, Absolutely. "Oh, I'll definitely catch a show or whatever." Yeah, and you know, you know what's like what's good stuff that that you can recommend for people. Yeah, like yeah, and usually, well, me because I'm a physical theater performer, mm-hmm. I like to see any of the physical stuff, so yeah. that's what attracts my attention. I don't care so much about the four or five star things. Mm-hmm. What I want to see is the physical stuff. So. The four or five star thing that can be so subjective. Like I've, you know. I know last year there was an artist who was getting like four, four or five stars everywhere, and then he went to like Winnipeg and got two stars. Same show. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and it was like, what the fuck is going on? You know? Yeah. So that sort of stuff can happen. Yeah, I know. I, you know, uh, my a good friend of mine, Crystal. She, 
she's done the fringe circuit many mm-hmm. times and she's got she gets four star reviews yeah. or five and then she said artist and I've been places I got two yeah you know the exact same show Crystal Bartelzi yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 I mean she knows her shit she's good yeah yeah she gives a, she delivers a quality product and then you never know what yeah. somebody's gonna like could that whole star system and reviews are subjective and they're only one person and they're not written by the same person <coughs> who puts it in the paper no. they're written they hire people out and they mm-hmm. go around and yeah. I'm like, really? Somebody who doesn't know anything about physical theater is reviewing my show? Well, I used to, I mean, <laughs> when we used to have I in Toronto, uh, mm. they would they were the official fringe sponsor, and they would bring people on mm. who were not necessarily theater people. So you might your show might be uh, uh, reviewed by their fashion writer or something like that. Yeah. Which is, you know, in a way, that's fine, because they're not... Um, <clears throat> they're unbiased like they don't have like a preconceived notion of what it should be so like an audience member but then again if they're going to see something that's like physical theater and they don't know what that is yeah that's well one person when made a review was saying clowning I mean mm-hmm. no Buffon and clowning are opposites yeah when we were doing <laughs> I was uh, working with a, a company called uh, Keystone Theater we do oh uh, Keystone yeah. Jeanette yeah, yeah, her yeah. and I used to be uh, <coughs> business partners we did a a two-woman show together for many years. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she directed, we were touring The Last Man on Earth, which she yeah. she uh, directed. Yeah. And uh, we were in Montreal, and uh, the one of the reviewers was like, well, I hate mime, so I knew I wasn't going to like this show. Oh, we you were, like, were, you were the gentleman yeah, yeah. who went, ah! Yeah. Because yeah. I've seen the show. Man. Yeah. Yeah, Jeanette, well, Jeanette, oh, yeah, we, yeah. We did a show together for many years. Yeah. yeah, and so they were like, "We don't. I don't mind." And we were like, "How is this? Even it's not mime? mime. It's not mime. No." <clears throat> so people, people have these strange ideas. I, I love like that show. That was a cute. Oh, thank show. you. Thank you. We still love that show. Like any chance that we have to, yeah. to do that again, we will happily. I saw Jeanette a week ago. We went to see the mm. show, same show together. Mm. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Known her a long time. And the show that you're you're are you bringing it to the Toronto Fringe? Or? Yes, uh, it's, I, I don't know if we're going to worry. Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's called Weirder Thou Art. Okay, what yeah. is that about? Uh, basically, what happens? It's a Buffon show, mm. and they um, the, they basically have to go back in time. They're sort of timeless. Mm-hmm. They go back in time to fulfill being the witches of Macbeth. Mm-hmm. So, because they wrote this play based on him called Macbeth. Mm-hmm. And um, they wrote it. So they basically kidnap William Shakespeare mm-hmm. and drag him along uh, because society won't accept their play. So they have to give their play to William Shakespeare, right. uh, who will write it. Um, uh, so in the meantime, they discover the audience mm-hmm. and they basically um, decide to put they're a play on for the audience that just right. happens to be mm-hmm. there and they still haven't they still have time because the real William Shakespeare or real the real Macbeth hasn't shown up okay. yet <laughs> so they decide to use William Shakespeare mm-hmm. as Macbeth so they can put on their play for the audience right. while they're waiting they're waiting for the real mm-hmm. Macbeth to show up so how long have you been doing Buffon? Well, I studied at my Unlimited School of Physical Theater from mm-hmm. 87 to 89, okay. and we studied Buffon. It was a more of a different approach. And then I studied with Philippe Goyer, uh, and his was more of a religious kind of uh, mm. Buffon. 
Um, so it was just kind of interesting. So I guess since like 87, I suppose, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't until release, uh, recently that I'd been sort of more getting into it again. And um, um, I kind of went through a segment of just doing mime, and mm-hmm. then you know, and I, but now I'm getting really into clowning too. Yeah. What was it that, that? What is it that draws you to Buffon? Like, what is it about the Buffon <laughs> that, that you really that you really like? Um, I always liked the world of the grotesque. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always the little girl that never dressed as a princess. I always wanted to be the gross one with, right. you know, with blacked out teeth and, you know, and, uh, but I love, like, I do love horror films. I right. love the Victorian period. You mm-hmm. know, I also have a counter a show too uh, called uh, Whitechapel, mm-hmm. um, Redemption right. in Whitechapel. I just, it's just fine that I love the parody. I love, I love my sense of humor is... I f- want people to think, and I have kind of a caustic sense of humor, or I want people through humor, through comedy, to think of, think, just to think about right. things they do or to mock. It's a way of mocking, right? Uh-huh. To um, <clears throat> my frustration with day to day people, or, or <laughs> you know, that they don't realize how bad they are, and then through comedy, you can you can point that out. In a very subtle way, through through parody, <coughs> through you know, through physical mocking, yeah. and and I just like the world that they're in because they're they're kind of free in a sense because mm. uh, they're very sexual beings as well, you know, yeah. uh, meaning like they're they're just open to everything, but right. you know, and they don't care, they don't yeah. care if the audience likes them or not. Whereas the clown cares. Yes. The bouffant yeah. are the, the total opposite. Mm-hmm. They acknowledge that the audience is there, but they don't care. Mm-hmm. So they just say, this is who we are. Either accept us or we mm-hmm. just don't care. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they, they, they it's a religious parody, political parody, sexual parody. Right. Um, it's sort of like the modern day cartooning, you know, when you see the, the cartoons and they yeah. have the, like, Trump. Yeah, and you yeah. see him all deformed and and big nose or his hair yeah. is like this. Uh, that's a in a sense bouffant mm. because they're making fun of through right. being making him grotesque. Right. Yeah. As somebody who like I am, I mean I I have a vague knowledge of of bouffant. It's not one of those things that I'm particularly uh, really familiar with. Like I know mm. it to see it, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I've made that mistake of sort of in my mind rolling it together with clown mm-hmm. um what before comes from like what is where does it come out of it came out originally uh, Jacques Lecoq kind mm-hmm. of formulated it it comes from the world of the grotesque um they're supposed to represent the outcast the, the unwanted mm-hmm. basically the crap that's thrown out the window Right. And they come from the swamps. And they're there to point the finger of scorn to people. Right. Uh, but it kind of developed through the gro- working with the body, through the, the grotesque, mm-hmm. um, through Jacques Lecoq. Mm-hmm. And it sort of developed it own from there. Sure. And, but it could go back. You could, you could see things from way back. You know, they would have political cartoons, even during the French Revolution. Yeah. 
of, of characters that were deformed and mm-hmm. you know um, so if you could see some of those illustrations it, yeah. it, mocking and that kind of thing goes for <clears throat> a long mm-hmm. long time ago yeah. but Jacques Lecoq basically developed the current art form of that Hmm. You know, and his student Philip Goyer, who I also studied yeah. with, he took his version of it and kind of made it his own as well. So, what was I mean? Were you always you were always drawn to the grotesque? But mm-hmm. in terms of performance, did did you start as somebody who you, you say you like the like the <laughs> character with the blacked out teeth or whatever? Were you always a performer of some kind, or did you what 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 is it that brought you into performing as a calling oh i started doing highland dancing when i was four Mm. i started competing when i was six um so i've always been kind of dancing and performing on stage i guess Mm. you would say um it wasn't until i was in high school i guess i was considered one of the bad kids okay (laughs) and uh, because i had a learning disability and they just shoved me in kind of right bad kid area and uh, this troop came to this high school and I thought it was marvelous that they were able to tell a story just using their bodies mm-hmm. and I fell in love with it I was and then I ended up going to the Manitoba Theatre Center School at the mm-hmm. time and a guy came uh, Adrian Pecknold and he taught me and he said I had a natural gift mm-hmm and that I should pursue it because I didn't even know you could do physical theater for a living. Right. And then it got even more when I went to University of Winnipeg. I took mime class with uh, Reg Skeen at the time. His son now, Rick Skeen, teaches there. And again, he said, this is something I should do. And then uh, I actually was going for normal acting. And then out of the corner of my eye, I saw this poster, poster that said, Mime Unlimited School of Physical Theater. So I... Sent, I, you know, got the brochure and it was, you know, and then I thought maybe this is my calling and mm-hmm. then I went, moved to Toronto and yeah. fell in love with it. When when you were thinking about just going straight into like straight up acting, was that something that you'd done in school or was that something? Yeah, like that? university of Winnipeg, well, all you really knew back then was just straight acting. Yeah. You didn't know there was a whole other world of theater. Right. That was just physical. Of course, mm-hmm. I was a dancer and I love theater. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't, you know, I was concerned because I wasn't really good at memorizing lines because of my problems. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I discovered by chance mm-hmm. a world that was great for me because it was physical mm-hmm. and you didn't have as many lines to memorize. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, so it ended up being a perfect world for mm-hmm. me. Uh, you don't even know, but now, nowadays you you have more knowledge of that I think mm-hmm. in schools and yeah. stuff like that but when I was going to school you never heard of it, physical theater yeah when I was yeah. in theater school in I went and started in like 90 mm-hmm. there were we knew there were going to be like clown classes but it mm-hmm. was straight just red nose mm-hmm. uh, learning we didn't we sort of like there's this thing called Buffon and you know mm-hmm. light some kids might go, oh, I wonder what that is, and research that a bit more. But it was never something we were we were taught. But we at least mm. got some clown mask. Yeah, we never got any of that. Yeah, I mean, I was good at doing the, my 
parents always got me to do the robot. Do the robot. Do the <laughs> And it was always easy for me. And it was always easy for me to make things up with my hands. Right. Like doing mime. It was very easy. I didn't yeah. even really... Uh, it just came to me like that. Yeah. I didn't really have to... When I went to Mime Unlimited, the first year it came so easy because mm. I just seemed to grasp that naturally. Mm. Um, but then the second year was much more of a struggle. Like, was that um, because it was more academic, or what was? No, was oh, uh, it's year? just the the uh, getting the concept of Buffon, ah, getting the concept yeah. of clowning. Mm. Uh, yeah, I didn't really get the I even Comedia dell'arte. Uh, I didn't even get it in my... I could do it physically without a problem. <laughs> I could do anything physically without a problem, right. but I didn't have it in my head. Right. It wasn't when I was on tour for about a year after we graduated. One day, just something, a light bulb moment, right. as they say, just went off, and I went, oh my God, I get it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, we've... I mean, that's sort of something that's come up with, with Keystone, is like... Because a group of us were there from the beginning, Mm-hmm. And like creating a, sty- a silent film mm-hmm. style and how do you perform that on stage and then there comes a point where you have to teach other people and for us we're like oh we just do this and then have mm-hmm. to, like get it so that it's not mine mm-hmm. and it's not this you are you are saying things just that we can't hear you and all these things like that so there's like concepts that can be difficult to grasp at first yeah um you sort of, you know where to see it, but what does that translate into? Yeah, I mean, you can, like any actor, if you just don't get in your head. I mean, yeah. you could go through the motion. But you just but don't have it. You just don't have it. And then when it does come, it's like, oh, oh man. Yes. It was so easy. Yeah. I kind of have a couple of things about that, because when I was in theater school, the acting teacher would be like, one day you were going to suddenly understand all of these things that we're saying. And I said, come on, why can't you just say what you mean? Don't be, like, don't be cryptic. And then one day, like 20 years later, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. There it is. Now I understand. Well, that happened with Philip Goyer. I was taking his master clown when he was here. And mine sucked. I just sucked. I just didn't get it. I didn't have a clown. I was so upset. And we had a final presentation. And. I was sitting by myself because I didn't well, really want to go up. Yeah. And I was almost crying. And he, and he hardly ever goes over to anybody. And he came over to me and I said to him, I said, he says, why are you sad? I said, I don't have a clown. It's just me up there. And he says, that's it. And that's exactly why you're the best clown. <laughs> and I went... And in that moment, I went, oh, I get it. My clown still sucked when I went on stage because I didn't have anything. But I knew I had it. He knew I had it in right. here then. And mm. I went, oh, my God, that's it. Yeah. You know, mm. so it was just kind of an interesting moment. When did you start create? You were saying that you were, you created shows with Jeanette Moore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What was that show that you, that you created? We did the Hickadillies. Okay, yeah. It was a two-woman show. Uh, we toured through the States. And we did the Ontario Renaissance Fair. And uh, it was basically two uh, medieval wenches, or we called ourselves Hickadillies, like Hicks, you right. know? And Dillies because we were girls. Of course. And we got men up on stage and made them do silly things. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, so we did that for a while. Was that one of the first shows that you created? Oh, we created it together because mm-hmm. I was a street performer. Okay. And Jeanette... Um, I just started taking improv and mm-hmm. Jeanette got me more into improv and then I ended up going to Second City I ended up graduating the conservatory mm-hmm. at Second City uh, 
so we combined our talents together and came up with this show. When you say that you were a street performer, was that like you were doing mime on the street? Or no, I was uh, juggling and okay. unicycling. Yeah. Were you, did you do that in Toronto? Or did you do that in... Uh, you... Kingston, yeah. Ottawa, Waterloo, the Toronto Busker Festival. Okay. Yeah. I was about to ask whether Busker But I was doing uh, mime and street stuff for a long time since. Mm. Like, I've been a, performing at the CNE on and off okay. for, like, 16 years yeah. you know I, I mean I've done many many gigs sure but uh, the actual street shows yeah we did juggling the news like that. and so you, <laughs> you you sort of joined forces with Jeanette and created the, the yeah show. yeah what I can't you? remember I'm trying to remember how we met but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well Jeanette's one of those people that you can like yeah she just moved here yeah. and then we became friends and yeah. then I guess we got talking and mm. and uh, so we decided to formulate a show together and we came out yeah. with the Hickadillies, and yeah. we went all, we traveled all over the States. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Nice. When, what was the first show that you created on your own for the Fringe Circuit? I did it, my first attempt uh, was in 91. Mm-hmm. I did a show called Margaret's World. Okay. It was based on a piece that I, we went on tour for about a year and a half, and I did one piece, and I just extended the piece mm-hmm. to a one-woman show so yeah it was you know my first attempt you know uh, what was what was that about what, what was that about it was about a young girl who just was socially awkward mm-hmm. and would talk to a mirror and mm-hmm. sort of a split personality kind of right. thing yeah and, you, and was off in her imaginary world when you say that that was your first attempt what did you learn from that <laughs> that you, uh, you sort of like took to, to the next thing oh my god um, I think I I learned how to but maybe now how to connect shows uh, connect material better mm-hmm. you know um, not be so cliche mm-hmm. I think maybe I was a bit cliche back then mm-hmm. because you'd you know, you haven't developed that yet. Of course. You know, so... Um, not being so linear... Like, uh, I guess I was very linear back then. Not to think too much outside the box. Mm. But no, yeah. yeah. Uh, did you make any any mistakes of, like, having too much set or anything like that? No, I've no. always been a minimal, oh. minimalist. Uh, maybe that's the mime in me. <laughs> that's, that's really, really good. I, I don't like a lot of set. I remember talking with Crystal, and uh, her first show had, like, all of these... Mm. pieces to it and uh, that, like that just extends all of your time and makes it difficult to travel mm-hmm. things like that it's just especially for Fringe you, a lot of times if you're touring you just gotta be like what do I need what mm-hmm. don't I need get rid of those things if you don't you know I, one thing about physical theater they always mm-hmm. tell you if it doesn't serve a purpose a pur- purpose <laughs> purpose <laughs> You don't need it. Yeah. Like, why need it? Like, yeah. if you don't need it, then don't have it. You can mime it or you utilize or use your own body to do it. Yeah. Like, my set is basically a stump, mm-hmm. uh, the cauldron with the fireplace, yeah. and I have a scrim in the back, and that's mm-hmm. all I wanted. Yeah. And Because I want the focus to be on the oh, characters absolutely. and the relationships, yeah. Yeah. not on the set. Yeah. So, that, but I've always been like that, you know. Mm-hmm. So... Mm-hmm. We made some like early on. Our first Keystone show was an epic, the the uh, the Bell of Winnipeg, which oh Jean- yeah, I Jeanette saw started that. In, and it was like untourable. It was like we had we basically <laughs> could only do it in one spot. Could never take it anywhere else because it was just too much stuff. 
Yeah. Well, we did a budget and said, how much will it cost to do this show somewhere else? We looked at that and said, well, we'll crumple that up because we can't really do that. Um, but uh, it's, it's a, you know, we learned a lot of lessons from that about... Yeah, know, like minimizing. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What was the second... What did you do next after, after uh, Margaret's career? I just tried to remember. Uh, I went on tour with Theater Beyond Words for two years. Okay. Uh, we travel over North America. Mm. Uh, it's a mask children's show. Based in Niagara on the Lake. Mm. Um, originally, my uh, uh, what else? Then after that, um, I'm just trying to remember after because basically I was on the road for five, six years mm. after I graduated. Yeah, and then um, just after that, uh, basically performing mime and mm. busking and stuff. Uh, yeah, I, and I had a comedia troupe too. Okay. A comedia darate troupe. We were called Carpe de Nero, which is called Seize, Seize the Money. <laughs> <laughs> so we did that for a while too. So we did a lot of Ren Fairs there too. Nice, so basically yeah. I tour, toured with them actually for quite some time as well doing that. And um, yeah. Being from Winnipeg, was your, your first fringe exper- exposure was Winnipeg Fringe? Yeah. 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 Um, and. Uh, what you've 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 in addition to touring around with it with some shows you've done how many have you done other fringes you've done or have you oh i've done well winnipeg uh edmonton i did ottawa um i've done toronto uh this will be my third time doing toronto I got I got away from the fringes for a while. Yeah, yeah. Is there something that took you away from the fringe? Or? I think uh, I just felt. Um, I guess I got turned off by the the critiques and mm. stuff like that, and yeah. and um, also was financially or maybe financially as well. Or I was always doing other stuff in the yeah. summer, mm. and now it seems like now that I'm getting older. Um, I'm writing more and directing more, yeah, uh, which is kind of nice in a way because my body is not as uh, agile as you. Yeah, yeah. So I've been lucky in a way that life has steered me to. I've been doing a lot of string acting now too. Mm-hmm. I've been doing uh, a lot of uh, acting out in Winnipeg as well, That's cool. and teaching. I've been always teaching. Nice. I've been That's teaching good. forever. Is, um, is there something that you learned about the... Because, you know, I mean, if, if you only know one Fringe Festival, mm-hmm. you don't really know what Fringe is. You know that festival, mm-hmm. but you don't know Fringe in general. Is there something that you've learned about Fringe as you've done various ones? About Fringe? Um, I kind of like the fact that it's a, all the people who are like-minded are together. Mm. And you're out there and you meet other great people, mm-hmm. you know, doing doing what they want to do. And uh, I mean, it's a chance for us to show our work. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, I hope Fringe never goes away from that. Yeah. It's a chance for us to, people who don't have grants or a chance to be able to to do our work. Yeah. I've loved, you know? I've loved that too. I love the idea that it's like that anybody can Yeah. get, anybody can enter the lottery and could, their show has just as much chance yeah I like the yeah and that they're not you don't feel like people are being picked over other people yeah. 
You, you don't know, feel like um, it's some it's somebody's idea of what theater should be or anything yeah. like that. It's just this is what got in, and mm-hmm. uh, there's sort of a certain chaos to it. I've always sort of felt like you know we sort of talked earlier. You mentioned like the idea of like competing with everybody else, and mm-hmm. I I've always sort of gone into fringe myself with the idea that it's that there isn't a competition because. Mm-hmm. Um, we all have a different product and something people don't like. Yeah, it's like apples and oranges. Yes, and maybe I should have yeah. said competing so much. Like, well, I think it's more selling. Like when we're like faced with people, it's like we're all selling yeah. our thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm sure we all want to have the sold out show, but I can't make somebody not go to. No, I that mean, show. everybody's personal taste is exactly. different. Like, yeah. uh, yeah, and I say to my friends, if they want to go see that, I'll be like, no, I don't really want to see that. It's not my cup of tea, but I'll yeah. see this. But they'll be like, no. Yeah. yeah. And I like it because I also get to see other people's work, like other mm. physical performers yeah. doing their thing from different places. Yeah. And and I like that. You oh. ever see the Wonderheads? Yes. They're very much like Theater Beyond Words. Yeah. As yeah. soon as you started talking about Theater Beyond Words, I, th- I said, that sounds a lot like the Wonderheads. They came to see my... I did a comedian show uh, at the f- uh, Fringe, mm-hmm. Winnipeg Fringe, three years ago, yeah. and they came to see it, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And um, But yeah, so when I saw their show, it was very much like yeah. Theater Beyond Words. Yeah. 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 But um, it's, yeah but- sorry. Oh, no, no. I mean, like, anybody can do ball mask, and it's like anything. You, you take what you like and make it your own yeah. I mean it wasn't like theater by your own words but it sort of in a way yeah yeah. but it's all like you find your own way of performing those sorts of things whether it's Comedia dell'arte or yeah. whether it's, it's the full head mask or whatever mm-hmm. um, so this show that you're working on mm-hmm. that you did last year mm-hmm. um, is it just are you just going to in Toronto or are you taking it to other fringes no just Toronto, just Toronto. Yeah. it's just more of a financial thing I guess you have I can't really afford more than it's an expensive <laughs> it's expensive it's like, yeah like if you want to do it sure if you can if you can swing it it's like and then you have four performers yeah oh, and then to, yeah. You, you know if it's just a one person show it's a lot easier it is a lot but when easier you have a cast person. of four yeah it's and then to ask them to travel all summer and where to stay and I mean, how many yeah. people are you going to get that will be able to do that? That's always a really tough one. I'm always impressed by people who can do that every year. People like Peter and Chris who can every year yeah. hit the road together and do... Well, two-person, yeah, person it's is still, still doable. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, the cast that I had in Winnipeg obviously are not in this mm-hmm. one because I can't ask them to come to, to Toronto, come to Toronto yeah. and I can't afford to apply them. <laughs> uh, so I had to basically recast... The, and this time I really last year I had just men in mind yeah. but this year I just really wanted to pick who I felt was the best for yeah. the role uh, and we're, we're just doing a podcast oh. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> Donovan was in the fringe show uh, Winnipeg last year with his one person show cool um, yeah so basically I had to recast uh, the whole entire and yeah and I got a, I really stuck with who I felt was right for the mm. role. Did you find that that in sort of like looking like casting new people, were there any anything that, that changed drastically as new people came in? Um, we were um, well. It was interesting. Um, 
we started rehearsals and they, I now that I've done it, we don't have to really physically improvise too much. Mm. But then they naturally, as a different group, did different things. Mm. I mean, we had the same. And then they came up with such brilliant stuff. Yeah. So I was like told, and one thing I like about physical theater, you're t- it's not set in stone. Yeah. We can improvise around. And then, and just their own little humor with their own... It was interesting to see the different dynamics that way. Yeah. You know? Is it just, is it, I guess, I mean, the same things happen, but just in a different way? Yeah, it is in a different way. And their sense of humor is a little bit different. Mm -hmm. The way they approach it's different. Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, and and they're getting along really well, which is super. Um, I was going to go with this. I mean, uh, you, you have people who, who have to like form a cohesive unit for a period of time, and it is important that people get. It is. It's important, especially in physical theater. If you don't yeah. get along, it just yeah. You can, you're think, not there to support each other. I think it shows. I think it does. If the yeah, cast doesn't get along because you don't have words to hide behind. Yeah, that shit shows. Yeah, people can sort of sense the tension. That might be mm-hmm. happening between people. Mm-hmm. And this, in the work with Buffon, you're working as a Greek chorus. Mm. I mean, usually when you study, you study a Greek chorus before you take Buffon. Mm. Because they're very clumped together. They're always there for each other. Buffon are like, you know, like raccoons in a sense. They're mm. always close, close, close. They have to be really close right. to each other. They don't like to leave each other apart. And so if you don't have a cast that doesn't get along, then it's, yeah, it's going to really... That's sh- very hard. Yeah. That's very hard. Yeah. Have you thought about um, how you're going to... I mean, because fringe promotion is always a thing. Like, how? what What are you going to do? Are you going to do anything in, in, in like, in costume at any point? Or, like, how do you... How do you promote this show so that people... Who are coming get a sense of what it is. I will I'll talk to the guys and girl um, about maybe walking around in the mm-hmm. Buffon costumes and giving out flyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, pay attention to the media when the fringe says something about a media event. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. definitely going out to that and doing stuff like this, like the yeah. podcast. And um, obviously, filling in the media releases mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And just going around and giving out flyers as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I always find that having done, like, an Edmund, like Edmonton and Winnipeg, um, that it's a little... I find it a little bit more of a challenge to promote a show in Toronto. Just because in Winnipeg and Edmonton, there's an area. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if you're in this area, somebody's going to give you a flyer. A flyer. You, you end up like six million flyers. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it's, it's expected, right? Yeah, it's yeah. There, they just kind of go like this with their hand, yeah, actually. Yeah, I see you coming in like, I'll take this <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's that's one of those things. And then in, in mm-hmm. Toronto, since there isn't like like a designated, like, Yeah, they're all, area, they're all over, yeah. The place, they, you sort of like have to figure out, you can't like walk up to somebody <laughs> on the street and give them a flyer. They're going to be like... Oh, yeah, truck garbage. You've got to yeah. you've got to like hit the the venues. So there's always it's interesting uh, the different strategy because the strategy that works in Winnipeg or Edmonton can't yeah, necessarily work here. I think here you got to go to the trendy places. Yeah, you know where you think people who would go see the arts mm. and stuff like that. That's where you're gonna mm. find you know um, 
like the different areas of town. Um, I would probably, you know, like, uh, you know, just any of the kind of more artsy area or yeah. even the beaches, you know, yeah. where you think people are going to go see the fringe, you know, those type, mm-hmm. type of people. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because when you're in, in, in Toronto, there are people who know about fringe mm-hmm. and there are people who don't know about fringe. Yeah. So it's like. You not only have to tell them about your show, but sort of like explain to some people what fringe what the fringe is all yeah. about. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many festivals that go on in Toronto too. They're like, yeah. which one is this? Yeah. Whereas Winnipeg, uh, I mean, that's the festival, and then you have yeah. the folk festival. Yeah. And those are the two big festivals of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same in it's the same in Edmonton. It was like yeah. In in both of those places, you can say, "Well, I'm in the Fringe." People are like, "Well, give me your flyer." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even if, you, even if you hadn't even talked about giving them a flyer, yeah, like, they, they sat down in yeah. a restaurant. They say, "Yeah, where, where, what are you where, what are you in town for? I'm here for the Fringe. Give me your mm. flyer," says the waitress. And uh, exactly. Whereas Toronto yeah. is so big, yeah, exactly. Have so many, exactly. Yeah, and they're like, "Which festival?" Yeah, because you got that. Film festival, you got you know, yeah. festival after festival. So many. It's similar in Montreal, I found, and because the yeah. fringe is like in between, like the French music festival and the jazz festival. <laughs> on the other side. So it's like throw some theater in there. Like, yeah, just something in the middle. <laughs> um, do, you, do is there a spot where people can learn about about the show? Is do you have a website, Twitter? Yeah, website? my yeah. website www. Um, ArdithJohnson.Weebly.com. Cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, is there anything that you want people to know about about uh, this show? Uh, what is the essential piece that, that somebody should know when they're coming to see this show? You know, it, it revolves around Macbeth. Mm-hmm. But you know what? You don't need to know Macbeth to, to understand it. And it's, it's, it's just an hour of fast-paced... Mm-hmm. Slapsticks, comediesque, mm-hmm. um, fun. It's just fun. I mean, they're there to find the humanity, but it's mm-hmm. not the most up. Like it's not so in depth. I wanted just an hour of kind of Monty Pythonesque right. fun, right. and then and I just want people to laugh. Really, yeah. it's just an hour of comedy. Do people have to worry about audience participation? No, but the audience, they might look at you and point, <coughs> point, is, point at you and flirt at like, you, yeah. but you don't have Nobody's to. Nobody's going to make you sing along or No, no. Well, well, they might make you sing. Okay. Uh, but you don't have to sing if you don't want to. Right. And uh, I wouldn't go if you're easily offended. By <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, right. But if you just want to laugh for almost an hour then uh, yeah well that seems like a good deal to me for $10 or whatever yeah this is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is great yeah thank you thank you so thank much thank you for